ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Disheveled Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Word up, yo. What is going on on this wonderful Thursday night, or so I'm told it's Thursday? Uh, well, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm sure that in the next uh, hour and 15 minutes, we'll figure it out. So anyways. And if not, then I go to go. sleep as Ladies and gentlemen, I, normal. of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the Pilfer Conner himself, Zelius. This is the Thursday night show. There's this Thursday hangout. This is a live show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you during the show. At any time during the show, if you want to add your comment, your topic, your question, uh, the subject matter, whatever you would like, all you got to do is drop it in the chat, be it on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, and we'll try to add it to this show. Now, of course, if we do run out of time, we'll add it to the very next show. And without further ado, let's get into it. And now, Zelius, I want you to kind of explain this... Um, reaction video thing that you posted about so i'll let you start with that um sure so basically it's a dude uh, let me actually get the guy's name um what's his name um so darth microtransactions uh so he was reacted to by another very popular youtube streamer asmongold and somebody else who I haven't actually watched the original video because I don't actually know the other person is, uh, basically posted a video kind of questioning um, if Asmongold is, actually cares or has any respect for the streamers as he is reacting to the videos. Uh, I thought actually because basically his argument from what I gathered is he, Asmongold is basically doing these long, long videos on the backs of what other people are posting and streaming on YouTube. And he basically just sits there in the corner, not doing anything, which I found an interesting take because I've watched quite a few of Asmongold's, like previous to this whole thing, I'd actually watched quite a few of Asmongold's reaction videos because they're usually tangentially related to some of the action RPGs I mm -hmm. watch. And one of the reasons I actually watched them is because it gives a lot of feedback. Um, before this, I'd always been into reaction videos for music videos, um, particularly in the metal scene. And the reaction people I usually watch are specifically because they actually give thoughtful feedback about the music videos. So in this case, I was actually usually watching Asmongold videos because he was actually giving feedback based on the videos he was watching. Some might be total and complete bullshit because at this point, really just opinions about video games. Um, but I never really thought much of it. And then I saw Darth's video and I'd seen a couple of his based on Diablo 4 stuff. I'm like, okay. So I watched it and basically where he comes in. So he was a bit annoyed because this other person who talked about Gold was basically making mm -hmm. assumptions about Asmongold's kind of, um, what he was doing and whether or not he respects the other YouTube artists and whether it's the right thing to do. And Darth is basically like, look, I'm probably, he's like one of the people who's most affected by what he's posting, reacting to. And he actually went through like Asmongold's re like reactions. It's like, I'm one of his most reacted to people. Um, and I can tell you like from his perspective that he actually likes being reacted to. He has no problem with it because kind of like the same thing from the music um, video scene it actually usually increases your engagement as a streamer. When you have a large fish like Asmongold, because he's a very big name, 
Um, if he starts reacting to your stuff, then guess what? People are going to be like, oh, mm -hmm. who is this person? And they're going to actually go check it out. I'll admit on my end, there's a little bit of like cynicism in that like it does seem a little bit weird that Asmongold is making, you know, that's streaming monies off of somebody else's videos. So that part to me is a little bit sketchy. But then Darth is like, I actually get like when he's doing this, I get more viewership in the end because people are not coming in learning about me who would not have known otherwise. Um, and his last point or last two points is last one of those points was basically like, you probably should have actually talked to someone who's actually affected by this situation like me. And two, um, he's known people. And I think what kind of clenches it for me is he knows mm -hmm. Darth in this case knows people who have um, asked Asmongold to stop reacting and he does. It's not mm -hmm. like he continues to do it. And in my mind, if like, you know, you do it and somebody asks you to stop and you just stop and don't raise a ruckus over it, then I think it's totally cool. Um, and in this whole case of this, um, especially because I've watched this re his reactions, and to me, they're what a reaction should be. If you're doing a reaction, the whole point is to give input in your opinion about it. It's not literally to just, you know, sit there for, let's just say, 10-minute video, and the minute is 10 minutes and 30 seconds because you get right. very little input. Like, he'll turn a 10-minute and 30-minute video into, like, an hour video because he's actually giving mm -hmm. feedback on it. And to me, that's the whole point of reaction videos. It's not just to be there as a idle watcher, but to actually give a reaction and give your thoughts on it. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about that whole situation in general. I'm just going to put this out here. There are so many people that do reaction videos to like music videos and their two cents are like either, wow, that was really shit or dude, dude, that was so dope. That to me drives me absolutely bonkers. Yeah, two of the music videos. So there's two I watch a lot. One is on the video side. Um, one's called Tank the Tech, and he's mm -hmm. a roadie. And he'll give you, like, he'll watch videos and break down every single instrument with actual knowledge. He'll be like, you know, he's playing this guitar or, you know, these drums. And he'll give you actually very specific. And he also, and normally right. it's live concerts. And as roadie, he'll give very specific feedback, especially some bands like Powerwolf, for instance, is a big metal band who does lots mm -hmm. of pyrotechnics. And he'll give you very specific, like they're using like aerosol pyro or they're using gel pyro. So he'll get very specific and nuanced. Um, and the other, it's a opera singer named the charismatic voice. And she gives like very detailed like input as far as like literally what are they doing with their vocal cords and mm -hmm. their mouths and like the actual science behind like the lead singer sing. So it's like kind of two different ways of looking at it, but that's the reactions I like is they give you actually a reason to watch. Yes, it. besides them just staring at the screen or maybe nodding their head through the entire thing. That I agree is pointless. And yet yes. so many people do it. Anyways. Maybe I'm missing my call. Maybe I could just sit Rose in front of the screen and she can be the reactor. If she claws, if she claws Zeely's eyes by the end of this music video, the music video is shit. Another day, and Zeely still has his eyes. Congratulations to this music video. So what are your thoughts about the... Like, I always thought music reacting was pretty straightforward, but I could see a different slant on that for, like, reacting to somebody else's video and basically repurposing their stream. I could see a different opinion. What about you? Uh, You know, I, I'm... 
I'm all about the constructive criticism. So if you are, you know, if you're actually adding to the conversation, like you were saying about the roadie or about the 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 opera singer, you know, you're actually gain, you know, someone who's watching your reaction of a video is actually gaining something, some sort of knowledge. Then I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. Uh, I, you know, I would love to see how. Well, no, I wouldn't because I say that. I say <laughs> I would. I would love to see someone's reaction of how how I play video games, but I'm sure that I probably play them wrong for the many years that I've been playing. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, there's, there's a play, there's, you know, there's, there's a place for that as long, as long as there, you know, I just, what gets really weird is when you have those people who literally just do like a reaction of a reaction of a reaction of a reaction of a reaction. And it's literally just these, these two morons just just have a conversation, just just FaceTime each other and discuss whatever the hell you're talking about. Instead, I, I understand. Yes, you're, you're creating content and you are too lazy to source the material because you want everyone to actually just watch your video and not watch someone else's video and then come back to your video. I understand like yeah. reactception react the sequel of the sequel of the reboot of the remaster second edition oh dude no i you know like i said there there's there's a place for it as long and in my opinion as long as it's constructive criticism i'm cool i'm cool uh okay Broad. so um uh so there was a you know we've we've been, we talked about this last week um the news about blizzard um, having being hit by some serious uh, layoffs and that affecting their unannounced or I guess unnamed because it was sort of like hinted at their survival uh, game. Well, I think they mentioned it like in 2022, like specifically yes, at the were, convention. They said, you know, it's, it's a whole new universe. You know, it's a bunch of people and storylines you've ever seen. So they, 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 you know, well, anyways. Um, as part of that layoff, that's not the only department that got hit. Uh, the, in all, I believe, hold on, let me make sure I get the right numbers here. Um, there were, uh, uh, 1900, uh, employees that were laid off last week. And one of the, uh, or I guess two of the departments that got hit really hard were the, uh, esports. Uh, departments for Call of Duty and Overwatch. Now, of course, I can kind of under, understand. Mm. I sort of can understand Overwatch because I, I figured that that's probably some holdovers from the Overwatch Pro League. Um, but you know, I every single time a company merges with another company, you're gonna see. Uh, what do you call it? Um. Yeah, staff, staff reductions. I was trying to go for a prettier word, nope. but of course, my brain just went. Mm, you're not. You're, you're, you're not going to be that smart <laughs> yeah. tonight. Streamlining, streamlining. of the resources, create better efficiency and synergy among the resources. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, um, I mean, it's unfortunate. Yeah, the um, the uh, the associate director of the Overwatch yeah. League, of course, was among the 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 individuals who were cut. Which, of course, the Overwatch League no longer exists. So, yeah, I'm 
rather curious to see long term where does this actually leave Activision and Blizzard and the grand scheme of things. Oh, uh, here's 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 another layoff that's that's kind of fun. Um, one of the other individuals oh. who was uh, laid off was an Overwatch caster uh, who just last week uh, hosted a video introduction of Overwatch 2's new esports plans. <laughs> you won't be around for it. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Oh. Yeah, it's it's unfortunately part of the game um, or part of the industry. Yeah, but it's also crazy with this though. Like, so much of the landscape is now owned by like three companies, Xbox, oh, yeah. Microsoft. I mean, especially the esports, they own such a large swath of it. Maybe. Um, I mean, you got them, you got Tencent owning a lot, and then yep. Sony. Yep. I, I know that there was that there was that um, mega group out of Europe. Uh, called Embracer, but then they've been basically been shutting down studio upon studio as of late, which has kind of sucked. I think that Blue Mammoth is still alive, though. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for him because Blue Mammoth, of course, is from Atlanta, uh, and they they are the the masterminds yeah. behind Brawlhalla. Yeah, dealing with the robotic stuff, you get a lot of like programmers who come at like you know student programmers, and they all understandably. Um, are enamored with also being video game developers. Yeah. And like a lot of times like, hey, like, what do you want to do? They're like, I want to become a video game developer because that's cool. I'm like, send them well, my way. I'll set them straight. I was in the industry for yeah, so, a second. I, I usually try to have a nice little conversation with them of, you know, it's the turn and burn and it's uh, not, that's not glamorous. I mean, Spit you up, chew you out when you get out of school. The other thing is when you um, when you first get out of school, lot. you do not get to choose your project. That everyone's like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, when I get out of school, I'll join with uh, Bethesda or one of these companies, and I'll help make the next big RPG. No, you're probably gonna be working on Pretty uh, Barbie Princess. Um, and I, I shit you not, one of the guys that I graduated with, um, back in the day. Uh, his job, one of his first jobs was testing the durability of the, um, the, a disc tray, uh, for, uh, one of the, uh, consoles. Literally all he did all day was push the button nice. open and close. And I imagine also when you're fresh out of college for the first mm -hmm. many, many years, you don't have any over say over what actual design decisions no. anyways it's you know you're, you find a bug you afford it and it just goes into a black hole somewhere that's if you're a tester you if you find a bug if you're a developer it's literally yeah. just uh your balls are stapled to a wall and hopefully they'll remove the staples and you'll keep your job after they're done doing crunch after crunch after crunch like i'd also assume like let's just say you are a developer and mm -hmm. let's just say call of duty I imagine as a developer, you're also doing a very small niche part of the overall yes. game as a whole. Like you might be doing just with how do guns recoil. Yep. That's your job. That's it. Yep. Just input data input. Yeah. Yeah. So I see that a lot going high. I mean, we were, I was kind of the same way in high school too at one time. It's, it's not an uncommon no, aspiration at all. Um, now, 
Uh, speaking of games, not in the video game realm, but in the pencil and paper or tabletop realm, it turns out that um, for the second year straight, Kickstarter has seen a downtick in revenue hmm. from tabletop projects. Um, now, you know, I, I think I think it's partially, to be honest with you, I think that one of the reasons why you're seeing 30% uh, less on average on their campaigns in comparison to 2019, um, I think that part of it is that now that co now we're I think COVID helped boost those tabletop things because you know everyone's got to stay home. Um, but now that everyone gets is going out and and do and finding other stuff to do, I think the tabletop is probably not getting as much money unless of course you're uh, Nerd Burger Games and then you make exactly the amount of money that you want plus more. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. There's going to be ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys with all things. Um, so I'm not surprised that at some point you're going to kind of see, you know, that, you know, kind of the peak. And then maybe a couple of years I'll pick up. So pick if, back you, up again. if you wanted to just like get really into the numbers here, uh, dollars pledged to successful tabletop Kickstarters, and this is in the millions, by the way, before. Before I start, just so that I don't make it sound like no one's making any money. Uh, but overall, for Kickstarter, for tabletop, successful tabletop Kickstarter games, in 2021, it was $270 million. Okay. Then in 22, it was 23.4. And, uh, sorry, 236.4. Good Lord. And... Yeah, no. I was like, That's uh, a big and problem. then uh, in 2023, it was 226.2. So there's been, you know, like a $50 million drop off between 2001 and the end of last year. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I would also imagine there's a bit of probably Kickstarter fatigue too. Like, you do so many Kickstarters from year to year, at certain points, like, I have enough XYZ from this genre. True. Why am I and then also you, you got to think as well um, that some of those Kickstarter projects that happened in 2021, maybe those, maybe those like were like uh, succeeded way over their initial goal. Like they really, or maybe they were, uh, their goals were, you know, a much higher thing. Maybe people are doing smaller projects now and it's, and it's being reflected. I'd be interested to see how many, like the number of projects instead of, uh, it, as in comparison to the number, the, the amount of money, which I, which it doesn't give me is mm. how many projects. No, that'd be a very interesting analysis to be like, has the number, has the amount of money for a Kickstarter yeah. gone up or down is also a very relevant statistic. Now, in the grand speaking of, of Kickstarter, I am, I am, so freaking happy and and uh and heaving sighs of relief left and right uh i when i went to chatacon i ran into these uh three authors from falstaff books and they were running a uh a kickstarter zelius mentioned uh actually made comment to one of their uh 
book cover styles because it was a Bruce Springsteen um, cover. Um, and yeah. they li- literally, like, with 24 hours left, they uh, are uh, gained uh, 100%, 100% uh, funding. They actually made it by 23 nice. bucks. Yeah. Oh, geez. 227 backers uh oh. and uh their their pledge goal was $15,000. They made it 15 uh What was that Kickstarter called, called again? New Year New Books by Falstaff Books. And uh let's see. Oh yeah, that was the one with like the uh, three, the three different, different authors uh with different book series. I'm trying to see if I could get to there we go. Now I could get to my pledge level here. Um, let's see. Where? Five new books. Mine? What it was. $23. Yeah. That's awesome. Hold on, where's, where the hell's mine? I'm trying to remember which one I pledged because it should give me an indication of. No, Did no, I pledged. Pledge? God, darn, I pledged while it was there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, there it is. I just, I was just curious to see how many people at the level that I pledged. Uh, oh, here we go. Nineteen people at the level I pledged. So nice. I will receive signed trade paperbacks and ebook copies of all the five new books. Squirt. Get them all inside. Yeah. And I of course, I I of course am, I restarted um, one of the authors, uh, John Hartness. Uh, I restarted his uh, Quincy Harker series. It's literally like if um, Constantine was uh, Southern and part vampire. Mm. So, anyways, congratulations to Falstaff Books for making it by twenty three dollars. Indeed, that is pretty awesome. All right. So, once upon a time, there were. Uh, this was about twelve years ago. There was a game that came out, and it revolutionized everything, or maybe not revolutionized, but caught everybody's attention. And to this day, it still draws a huge ass crowd to it on the daily. And that game, my friends, is a little thing called FTL, Faster Than Light. Oh. Now, yes. The really interesting or cool thing that just came out is that there is an unofficial expansion that has been, I don't, I still can't figure out if it's, or it's just arrived. Uh, it was created by a multiverse team. It include it contains 200 new ships, 800 new enemy ships, new weapons, new crew types, combat rebalancing, an overhauled UI and new combat augments, which of course means that Charlie will be once again going back to FTL and losing his effing mind. Just think about going to FTL stresses me out. Once by the time, I would I I was rocking it for a while. That stresses me, I was me, man. rocking it for a while. Like, I, I literally, you know, I, I, gosh, I don't remember when I did this, but I know that I made a big deal about it on Thursday night hangouts was that I was bound to determine to unlock all of the, uh, the achievements and I'm still short by two, but those two damn things I can't do. Well, it's just like, 
two of them that are just unattainable All for right. me. You need to engage another 24-hour gaming marathon this weekend, and that's all you attain for is the two As much as I unlocks. would love to, I'm actually coaching a youth basketball game on uh, Saturday. You have a lot of uh, I have to actually be an active you can, you participant. Can no, I cannot. Can you multitask? I cannot, multi I cannot coach ba youth basketball and play FTL at the same time. I'm like nine. It'll be fine. No. This, is, this, this game actually... Um, will determine who the one seed is for the playoffs next weekend. Oh, so you guys make the playoffs no matter yeah, what. It's we fine. have the ability to get the – anyways, FTL, uh, unofficial um, expansion, has a ton of stuff coming. And if you're an FTL fan out there, I'm sure that you're probably jumping all over this. So, But it's exciting, man. Like, you have to See, buy I don't, it, I don't, or like, what's the, how do you? Okay, it says it's a it's a fan made sequel available right now. Uh, I just I I don't know. It's a mod. So I guess I'm it's hoping. Free? Interesting. Oh, I know it's very fascinating. fascinating. Anyways, I'll be finding out about that. If anyone out there actually knows more about the FTL unofficial expansion, or maybe it's already dabbled with it, you've got to tell me uh, how much of my life is about to be sucked away again. I mean, based on the amount of releases, it sounds like yeah. all of it. Um, now, speaking of uh, gaming, um, I know that, that I'll be hinting at this later on when I talk about Patreon, but... Um, I am almost done with my playthrough, uh, so early access playthrough, uh, for the game The Invincible, which is, um, okay, it, it, I, I, the, this, this category it always, has always bothered me, and it's called a walking simulator, okay, and this game has has got a tag to it and walking simulator i don't know you know did you walk you, are, you, you feel do like you're walk, walking however you you can drive and at one point you do fly um so it's not all walking and oh i see yeah i i did not know walking simulator oh, God, was yes, even it a is. oh my gosh it's huge i just i don't really? know i i I don't know that just that that I just learned something new. That category just I don't know. Anyways, it's a phenomenal game. It's based on a book. Um and basically you you wake up um with no memory of how the hell you got onto this planet. And of course, as you play through the game, you could have flashbacks that kind of fill the blanks. Um and Sounds like there's a lot of story yes, there is involved a in this. Shit ton of story involved in this. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. your actions because you'll be given choices, your actions will help um, shape uh, the rest of the story. It's I don't know if you could technically die, and maybe that's why they call it a walking simulator, because literally you will go from point A to point B, but it's not like you go, it's not on rails. I mean, you could go walk to different places, you know, you could backtrack 
or go off somewhere else where you're not supposed to and there's nothing there. But anyways, uh, be on the lookout for that. It's, Interesting. it's coming soon. Since it's on my mind. Okay. How about the sad news for many people of the fact that a game is being delisted first on Steam and then on other platforms coming soon? And that, of course, is Spec Ops. The, um, oh my gosh, I, I cannot read my own handwriting. It's it's spe- story of my life. Spec Ops: The Line. On, on my on my the my little thing is that it basically looks like it could be lists or sin or i don't know my my i wrote it really quickly so it you know anyways spec ops the the line is being um delisted on steam as and it will be uh soon on other um platforms it is 12 years old and they're basically stating that uh several of the partnership licenses are now expiring uh so they are um, they're going to remove the ability to purchase it. However, players who have purchased the game can still download and play the game uninterrupted. 2K would like to thank our community of players who have supported the game, and we look forward to bringing you more offerings from our label throughout this year and beyond. Which, yeah, I mean, welcome to the life of perpetual licensing. Yes. <laughs> License the game with its music and assets for X number of years, and after those years, yeah. This this apparently has been always I, like near the top of um, a lot of people's lists for games that uh, fly under the radar. I mean, it's a cult classic. It's been out for twelve years. That's that's a hell of a time to keep it going. Hmm. Um, but that's well. I guess I won't yeah. be able to play it. Oh no! What am I gonna do? Yeah, third-person military shooter. Okay, so I've never been a huge military shooter. Period. So, yeah. Um, I I've probably saw the game on Steam and on any of the other platforms that I'm sure that I stumbled across it. But I'm. It's not really my cup of tea. So I just would pass it. Would be my guess. Uh, I mean, there's always time. You never know. Of course, you know as as this um, as this news has come out, there has been a huge uptick in panic buys to make sure that if this game was ever close on your radar, that you buy it now so that you you don't lose the ability to buy it later. Or I guess yeah. It is nice that you still get to play it, even after it's getting delisted. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're that eager for it, then you should buy it. Okay. So, okay, so here, here's my go. question. I'm going to ask Delius, and I, and I ask the audience as well. Audience, please t- chime in on chat if you if you uh, would please. Um, when a game gets delisted, uh. Do you do you like the fact that individuals who have bought the game could continue to play it, or do you think that delist means just kill it? No, I mean it, it, that's why I don't really have too much of an issue in this case with the delisting because 
the people who purchased the game are still able right. to actually play it. Um, so I think that's the biggest fear is a game gets delisted and all of a sudden you can no longer play it even though you purchased it. Um, I mean, that plays right into kind of the, I have to sneeze, it's really annoying, right into the um, game pass description thing. Like, you know, once you let a game pass description pass, if you download it and purchase that game through your game pass, you didn't actually do it. You just had it during the duration of your game pass. Um, I'm honestly sure that like in this case, I'm sure that publishers would love to take away your ownership and then magically re-release it under Spec Ops 1.1 a year later, but yet to repurchase it. Um, but as long as, you know, you purchased it and you own it, then, or I mean, own as much as you can own a game nowadays, but you can still download it and play it, then I'm pretty ambivalent about it. Um, I mean, that's, that is the way it should be. If the game gets delisted, I get it. It happens due to, you know, partnerships and whatnot, but you should definitely still be able to play it. Um, and I would have a definitely much Sam more says if Battlefield now. 1 servers go dark, life won't be worth living. I mean, that, I mean, I know he's being, well, I know he's actually not being facetious, but facetiously speaking about BF1 going offline is that is a real concern for a lot of online games. Um, I good examples, actually, I am playing a lot of uh, Warhammer Inquisitor, their ARPG, and the developer has already said, like, I mean, the game is basically right. in maintenance mode right now. And they've already said that, you know, when the game is, it's going to go offline at some point, they are going to offline mode for it. So once it goes offline, you know, you'll lose, obviously, the offline parts of the game, which makes sense. But, like, the core single-player part of the games, you'll still forever be able to play that. And to me, that's totally cool. Yes. Like, you can't. I can't really say much about the online parts going away because it is what it is. But as long as you can still play that core single-player part, and that's what they're working on, I'm totally yeah, that's, down That's with the that. unfortunate thing is there that there are instances of companies that when they take down the multiplayer, they take down everything, even if it has a single-player. I mean, so a game like Battlefield 1, okay, let's take, I'm okay. more familiar with Overwatch, but a true online FPS, or actually Overwatch, Mm -hmm. Overwatch 1 mm -hmm. is actually a great example where, you know, they discontinue those servers for the game. Like, you right. can no longer play it. Um, I guess it's technically circumvented because Overwatch 2 is free to play, whatever. But, I mean, that is a true thing with truly online, usually PvP games. Once they're offline, like, there's not really a whole lot right. coming back from that. Yeah. Um. MMOs are another good example, too. I mean, once MMO goes offline... With the exception of City of Heroes. <laughs> well, technically, the OG City of Heroes still exists. Is it still active? I thought they shut that down. I thought the OG one was still online, just Not dying. The... I don't know. I remember the news story. I didn't... It, I never played City of Nor Heroes myself. That was back in the day of subscriptions, um, so... Mm, back when all the MMOs had yes. subscriptions yeah. at one time. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> if you're going to delist, delist a game, I think that it's only fair that, I mean, apparently this, I would not be surprised if 
uh, Ubisoft's approach going forward is that when the game's delisted, uh, not only do you lose the ability to re-download it if you purchase it, but the game's dead. Because that's how that's that's what I'm that's the vibes I'm feeling from Ubisoft these days. Oh, I'm sure a developer is going to try that, um, and probably what will happen is the backlash the first time it happens will be deafening. The internet will have yeah. a great uproar. The publisher will relent and be like, "Oh, we didn't think people yeah. would actually care," and they'll relent, and then it'll happen again. Right, and it'll happen again. And eventually the uproar will stop and then that's right. what's going to happen. Yes. Right. It's going to happen. That's, a, that's just the way it yeah. goes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause real quick to thank the individuals who help Alter Confusion be the Alter Confusion that you love and adore. And these, of course, are the friends of the show. So without further ado, let us start off, as we always do, with the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that help, that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. The next shout out we got to give is to the uh, AV Tech Wizard himself. That, of course, is Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously White Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash Noodle Boy Media today. And I also. Just learned today some sad news, and that is that Noodle Boy will not be going to Momocon this year, and maybe never go to Momocon again. Yes, no! very sad. Very, very sad. Uh, and it's not a travel thing because he will be here for AWA, which is Anime Week in Atlanta. Just in case you're wondering. All right, the next shout out we got to give is to the individual who can help get those aches and pains out of you after long gaming sessions. That, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. Here at Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Here at Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. The next shout-out we got to give is to the music maestro himself, the individual who helped out Alter Confusion in a weird bind. That, of course, is Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need... Music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email Josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he could do for you. And the final shout out we got to give is to the original patron, the OG. That, of course, is Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both the development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus, but while not in meetings and many times during, he is the agile evangelist, Agile Axe, championing the philosophy 
of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading Agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. And of course, if you're interested in at the Agile Life, check out his new or check out the book that he's written. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I know that you are now dying to know how do I become a friend of the show. Well, it's quite simple, my friends. I will tell you right here, right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion survives the love and support of... Whoops, sorry. Support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, intermental beings, gods, demons, aliens, mummies, werewolves, vampires... Swamp creatures, supporters, and more to become active participants of the work that we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into the creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. We currently have two different tiers. There's the $1 tier. That's $1 a month or $12 a year. And what that gets you is early access to all of our playthroughs as well as the ability to participate in patron-only posts and polls. If you're feeling a little bit frisky and you'd like to actually have your name or organization added to every single Thursday night hangout, that, of course, is the $5 a month. That's $5 a month or $60 a year tier. And like I said, you get everything at the $1 tier plus your name or organization added to the Friends of the Show section of every single Thursday night hangout. So if you want to become a patron of Alter Confusion, go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash altered confusion today that is so much spelling my brain can barely handle it just think about the days of when we used to spell out a lot more stuff <laughs> the other day like you know what i actually really hate is programs that have terrible spell check like we use slack it's like the worst spell check like it never Maybe it's just because it could become a terrible typer is very, uh -huh. very possible. But I feel like half the words I mistype, I can't get. So I literally copy and paste the word to Google, type it in, it auto-corrects it, and I have to type that back into Slack to get the word I was looking for. <laughs> that, geez. Hashtag motherfucking now, first I'm going to tell you honest with you, there are several times where I'm trying to type something out and spell checks like i have no idea what the hell you're doing so i just put it in the google search and i just type it the way that i yes. think it is and then google goes yeah this is, this is the word you're looking for that's probably well, obviously what i use yep. google mostly for nowadays is like sometimes there's words where i'm like i don't even know how like to start spelling yeah. this word because the stupid english language and our non-phonetic okay spelling. so an interesting topic was brought to me or brought up to me, and I, I want to uh, put it out there. Uh, as many of you know, at the beginning of the year, a certain IP went into the. Oh my gosh! Why can I never remember this damn thing? Thank you, public domain. Public domain. I think it common rights, and I'm like, that's not right. Um, public domain, <laughs> and that of course is Steamboat Willie, and they of course are making a horror game or, uh, I'm sorry, horror movie. Um, and I'm pretty sure that they've, they've been the, the, uh, director and writer and all, and the studio is basically sitting on the ability to actually say that they've done this, um, until, you know, beginning of the year. But this brings up an interesting thing. What other current public domain, um, uh, IPs out there do you think should 
should an individual try to do a horror movie for? I think the obvious one is oh, um, Alice in Wonderland. We see all the video games based yeah, off American of it. I mean, there's tons of that type of... Yeah. Um, so I would say Alice in Wonderland would be I my agree. top choice. I, I think that a very dark, twisted Alice in Wonderland, or just help, just a Wonderland, you know. Um, the, 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 that game um, with um, that you could play on the PC has Alice running around with a knife in Wonderland. So it wouldn't be that big of a jump. Just saying. I don't know what else is in public domain. Cause I mean, we are starting to get to that point where, you know, kind of the first big popular cinematographic characters are starting to matriculate into the public how, domain. How about this? How about um, this one? How about a horror movie based on Peter Pan? You know, it kind of reminds me of it's the whole idea of like there's the book where the orcs did nothing wrong and they were actually like the good industrialist and like the elves and humans were like the evil like puritans who want to do things back in the day not like mm -hmm. in the hated change kind of the same thing where i could see some of these do the twist where it's like peter pan was like actually the evil one who you know Captain Hook was just trying to save the little boys and help them out. And Peter Pan wanted to be the, you know, the, um, Wants the evil kid, keep the ki kidnap kids to keep them yeah. kids. So he has friends to play with. Yes. Yeah. With lots of really probably bad sexual yeah. undertones there going on. Um, that's why I was trying to like, huh, how do <laughs> I steer I just this? Ran uh, right through the roadblock. Thank you. But yes, I think that's why we're going to see for a lot of these, because most of these stories, we've seen the good side of them, you know, time it like every possible variation mm -hmm. of how they're the good guy. So I think that's where you can have an interesting story of flipping. And that's, I mean, that was kind of the original intent behind why a work mm -hmm. should go into public domain. Like you have X number of years where you're copyrighted, privilege because you came with the idea it's kind of a reward to take advantage of that but then for the overall i think this is also when there's a bigger emphasis on public works and literature and those type of things anyways um whether it's the idea of kind of the overall community good like what is best for the overall community not just corporate shareholders um and the idea of the overall corporate not corporate the idea of the overall community good was that ideas go back into public domain, kind of like patents expiring, because then it's an overall better for society that we can all take advantage of these products and ideas instead of just being held to a small cast Agreed. of people. When I say cast, I mean like social cast. Um, so, yeah, that was the whole idea, which... To me, that's a kind of what is playing out, or hopefully, is that some of these characters were all of the good sides have been already played out to death, and now we can see kind of the opposite side. How about uh, Wizard of Oz? Well, isn't that Wicked, basically? Uh, the, the, the Wicked was... I mean, I guess in a way, you've already kind of tried to see maybe not 
that way, but at least like from the other right. person's perspective. But again, I can see it yeah. taken a step further where, you know, the line is actually a big evil line who has rabies and is trying to the affect all of America. Actually, uh, and, you know, the Tin Man is actually he, a He's actually a serial killer. And, and the uh, only way that he was stopped was that he ran out of oil. Yes. So, yeah, I think, yes, you can see all these kind of go the other way. Gulliver's Travels? I think, I think they Gulliver's, could be fun. Gulliver's Travels could have uh, some interesting islands. Oh geez, I'm just you know I'm just I'm just looking at at, at some of these uh, um, uh, public domain things. Oh, now the question is though, will you get any um, actual Hollywood backing to True. these types of movies? Um, because by and large, I don't think Hollywood's going to like them because they want to protect their own. Yeah, like, I. They don't want to, you know, like. The entrenched Hollywood, maybe. I is think a there would have to be it. a streaming service Where, that would that would that's that's trying to set themselves apart. Yeah, I could see that. Here, here's a big one, and I'd I'd actually would be very interested to see. But how about Sherlock Holmes? You mean house? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think you've already, I mean, obviously yeah. not Sherlock Holmes, but we've already seen a lot of derivatives of the detective story. Yes. Um, so that one, maybe sure, but I don't, I think, I what I think of will be interesting in public domain and the more fanciful mm -hmm. ones, like the ones you associate with, like, you know, Disney classics, basically. <laughs> Disney classics. Just ruin my childhood. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> That's is, well, I mean, most of the original Disney stories are is pretty freaking dark. So it's okay, Nakamoto. It's okay. Is Bambi public domain by this point? I don't know, but she's going to die when she is. Bambi goes after the hunters, <laughs> turns into Rambo. <laughs> All of a sudden, like laser bolts come like out of her antlers and can just start taking down everyone. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking it up real quick. I'm talking Which, about. Okay, which Disney characters are in the public domain? Um, okay, so Steamboat Willie, and then Winnie the Pooh, which is why we see the the we've seen the horror Winnie the Pooh. I don't consider Sherlock Holmes a Disney character, and I don't consider Robin Hood a Disney. Man. Yes, did they do a um, a Sherlock movie? Yes, they did. Um, it was the Great Mouse Detective. It was phenomenal. Uh, and then Robin Hood, yes, they did uh, the Robin Hood where they basically everyone, they're, what's the term for it? Where the people, it's not people, it's animals, but I can't. Mm. You mean, I mean, or the greatest Robin Hood story ever told, Robin Hood, <laughs> Men in Tights. Yes. Yes, this is good. Um. I, you know, I think that there, there's potential. There's always potential with taking an exhausted IP that's now in public domain and and making something new of it, give it a different spin. I mean, that's really what. I don't know if they give a really different spin, but you know, they the BBC and uh, I think it was ABC. Um, BBC did uh, Sherlock, and then I think it's ABC. 
did elementary, you know? But what's going to be really interesting to me, though, so I just looked at, you know, tunes and superheroes coming into public yep. domain over the next decade. And you got really big ones like you, like Superman 2034, characters from J.R.R.R.'s Tolkien's The Hobbit 2033, Batman 2035. Um, hmm. I think the ones we've already had probably flew under yeah. the radar by the vast majority of people. But I think you get ones, especially like now you get these like Supermans and Batmans. And I think when people try making like derivatives of that, I I foresee the um, the IP holders still trying to do something about that. I don't know what, but I just don't see them letting you know us making a our own Batman yeah, no. movie. Like I don't know what they're gonna do, but I just foresee that they're gonna try to stop it somehow. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I th with that. I mean, because when original laws were made, you didn't have these, like, so much of corporate society wasn't based around right these entities. Like that wasn't consideration, and now it's completely flipped on its head, where you know they hold the purse strings to a lot of uh, powerful people. So that's where. I'd be very curious to see where that actually goes when some of this character is going to public domain. That a lot of if if a comic book character goes into public domain, it's probably because it was a failure. <laughs> I mean, it, not to be mean, but like, okay, so here here is some of the comic book. Uh, here here is a doc. Oh Lord, what? That can't be right. This is a list of of all public domain comic characters okay so you have um dr hormone sure i yeah i don't think any well i mean you know it could be a horror sex flick oh good deal <laughs> right. no i just you know i'm always up for if you're going to rehash an existing property let, let's try something different, you know? Well, I mean, I would love to see the Batman story where he is truly the bad guy. Yeah. Ooh, that would be good. Ooh. I mean, that, I mean, that's basically the premise. I mean, I mean, you do look at some of, you know, what he does, and especially the dirtier versions, his, like his Dark Knight Rises. And vigilantly is vigilant. whatever the damn word is. Thank you. Um, yeah. Vigilanteism, yes. Uh, hmm. uh, I mean, that was, I mean, that's always been a subplot in his stories of, you know, the public and the police, granted the police are usually corrupt on them, but still, um, you know, not like individual vigilantes. That was literally like two seasons of mm -hmm. The Arrow, mm -hmm. the TV series, was that kind of whole plot line of, you know, he's a vigilante, he thinks he's above the law, and he's actually a bad guy because of that. So... But I think taking that step further, where he actually is the bad guy. Like, yeah. Or he, like, he's truly the bad guy, but he thinks he's the good guy. Well, of course you would, you would have to, you would have to play that 
that you know that he he's in his own little world or the joker is the good guy and he's the bad guy i i say that harley quinn's actually controlling them all i mean miss margot can control whatever she wants I don't know if she's still Harley Quinn or not. That's, that's actually. actually a good question. I don't know. I feel like everything's changing in all the universes. True. Uh, okay. So um, I do want to bring this up because I, I, I am sad and angry, and I figured that we'll just jump in and, and make everyone else sad. And Batman Death Wish 10. <laughs> I mean, he kind of is a de- Death Wish driver. Makes me think of Death Race, which is actually um, a fun movie. Oh man, now you derailed my what were my thoughts? Oh yes, um, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, over there for right those behind out you. there who have Amazon Prime, you may have noticed something just happened, and that is ads have been introduced to all of your viewing pleasure, unless you want to pay the premium price and take those ads away. And you know what I've seen. I've seen more ads already tonight on Twitch than I've seen like in the last month combined. I don't know what Twitch is doing. I'm getting tons of ads. It's really it's, annoying. Me. It's because we're an affiliate. I will. I. 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 I have to fix that. The problem is that it's there's an that algorithm hurts. that if I try to space out the ads further, when the ads happen, they they go longer. Ah, interesting. So um, yes, I, I will have to figure that out. Yeah, no, Netflix is, I mean, Amazon, yeah, I don't, I don't even know anymore what streaming services. It just makes my head hurt. Yeah, I just, to be honest with you, I, I was watching Reacher and that's when it first hit me. And look, this is the same, Here, here's the thing. If you are, ladies and gentlemen, if you are in the industry of, with streaming services that put ads in into things, okay? There's gotta there's gotta be a better algorithm out there that allows you to place the ad so it's not like mid sentence. Or my favorite, this is what Hulu does all the time, is that when you're watching shows on demand, the shows already have the cuts for the ads, and literally Hulu yep. will. Two minutes after that cut has happened, we'll then throw the ad in. And you're just like, what the shit? Wait, so I've yeah. already watched all of Reacher. Like, Reacher has badly placed ads, like well, as far as timing they, goes. They place it like mid-sentence. Like, of all the shows, they think they could figure out the ad placement on you think it'd be a show that like Amazon actually owns? They'd be like, yo, scrub intern, go watch our Amazon originals and no, tell literally, us when I think the, the algorithm are. is what's the length of the episode? Divide it by two. Right there. That's where the ad's gonna be. That's just yes. dumb. That's just dumb. I don't know how to put it other than dum 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 dum. Agreed. Dumb. Did you hear about? Um, oh shit! Was the 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 new Suicide Squad game about 
I heard it's a complete and utter shitstorm. Yeah, they had like That's what early access, seen. and then they had to basically shut everything down because everyone was getting the complete game achievement after playing like 10 minutes of the game. The game I'm interested in is releasing later this month is Last Epoch. I'm very excited very about nice. that. Uh, ARPG, everyone should go pick it up. It's an early access technically still, but it's great ARPG. And then coming out later this year is going to be Dragon's Dogma 2. I mean, did you ever play I the first one? It, but I don't think I ever actually played it. Oh, fantastic game. Um so the basic idea is you're an arisen, um, and you have powers, imagine what? that. And part of your powers is you get to play with two pawns. And so they're like your companions, and they can be literally whatever you want. Like you customize their um their uh, oh good gosh, not race, um their class. So you know, you can be like the melee person. And then your pawn is like the sorcerer person, and the other one's the healer person, or vice versa. They can be the melee meat shield, and you're just sniped from behind them. Um, but the gameplay is just awesome. Um, definitely highly recommend it. It's a great game. Um, I mean, at this point, I'd just probably wait for Dragon's Dogma 2 to come out. Um, there's a chance that Dragon's Dogma 2 may actually be a like full full-on purchase for me, but we shall see. I'm trying, when, when does it come out? It comes out March 22nd. So, ladies and gentlemen, go get Dragon's Dime 1 and sprint through that mofo so that you're ready for number two. Ooh, I don't know how hard I sprint through Dragon's... Like, It's also a thinking RPG. Like, If you just sprint through without like considering your options, you'll die. And you'll get swarmed. Like, you know, most RPGs, especially I can slash them, you can get surrounded by like 100 units and just like one or two click the screen away. Yeah, that does not well, work. According to how long to beat.com, the average um, playthrough for the original uh, Dragon's Dogma is 37 and a half hours. I was going to guess 40. If you want to go for 100% completion, which I no longer do, thank you, Swickadim. Uh, the average is around 103 hours. I was going to guess 100. See, at least looks like you're pretty close on both of them. I put a lot of hours into it. It's a good game. Um, and there, it's very distinct classes, too. Like, you know, it's about, I've been an ARPG king lately, so a lot of ARPGs, like even sorcerers versus melee characters, kind of feel and play the same um like you kind of play both from range both from melee like they just kind of do their thing but like dragon's dogma like the classes are distinct it's like a completely different playthrough um mm -hmm. depending on what class you play um and even then like you got melee like heavy weapons super slow mm -hmm. so you better play in your attack Versus you got like your dagger dude who's like whoosh, 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 really how, quick. How was that, Zillies? Um whoosh, 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 whoosh. those are daggers. My okay, hand are daggers, okay, in case okay. you couldn't tell. Yes. Um and then you have like sorcerer, obviously. So so many different options. Um just a great game. Great game. I'm I'm trying to bounce it around. I'm trying to find that FTL thing. 
But um, what yeah. FTL thing? The expansion? It's uh, hold on. Oh, there. Um, crap. Now, of course, I forgot where what I was about to say. No. Uh, I forgot. I did. You forgot you yourself know, again. It's 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 those days of the year. That's basically every day now. Isn't there like 365 ish of them? You'd be surprised. Sometimes those those Depending days they the slip. Wait, is this a leap year? <laughs> there's twenty. I mean, yeah, there's 2024. It's the value this year. It's gonna throw me off big time. I don't know if I can handle this. I'm sorry. Anyways, so Gesundheit. Although no one actually heard you sneeze, but I saw Zelius do the sneezing motion, so therefore, Gesundheit. Um, yeah, I mean, for me personally, I'm I'm just going to try to get through the Invincible and then make that play through, and then for those who are patrons, you get the early access. And I'm at... For for the first time, I don't know why I have I have not done this in the past because this really screwed me over. I'm as soon as I'm done with the invincible, I'm going to write the f and review instead of waiting for the early access to the playthroughs is done to write the review because then I can't remember the damn game. That's probably smart, so you don't forget what you actually Ooh, did. If you're talking, if you want to find heard. a. a, a a fun little it's a small little game but it's actually it's also challenging as fuck but um there is a game called make sure that i get it right it is called thronefall it's by the same guys who made um of course i just blanked out on who what they made um oh my gosh what is what is the name of the game that they pl- they've they've also made it's grizzly games grizzly games has well, apparently it's not the game, the company I thought it was. Anyways, you're, it's basically like a tower defense game, but it's like a minimalist ty- it's tower mm. defense game. It is a lot of fun and is also very challenging. And you are going to have to replay levels in order to get enough, because when you when you succeed, or if you play long enough, you get experience points, and those experience points go against like an unlocking mechanism that allow you to gain uh, a different... Uh, build for your your I guess king character your your main character that you'll be utilizing a lot so you could get like a bow or a sword or a lance or a magic rod and you can unlock um, like things to to allow you to gain more money because you're gonna go wave after wave after wave and Enemies will sometimes drop money, but most of the time you're going to be getting money from the buildings that you have, and you'll have to utilize that money as best as possible to build walls and sentry towers and um, buildings for warriors or archers. And some of the some of the the later waves in each of these levels is fucking insane. But it's a good game. I highly recommend it if you hmm. if you're looking for something. If you've got a PC, just go to Steam and, and check out um, the game. Of What's it called? Ask that question because I totally play. 
Throne fall. I mean, you still throne check it out. Fall. So how do you check the game? Yep. Throne fall. Throne fall. So, anyways, but that's that's my two cents, and that and I'm sticking to it. Those are some good sense, sir. And of course, I've been watching a shit ton of anime. So, um, of course. But yeah. Anyways, uh, Zeely, any closing thoughts? It's a beautiful day to be alive. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to uh, get uh, a link to the first Quincy Harker book because I keep talking about it. There we go. Raising Hell. You have talked about um, it. Just anything anything by this author is, is pretty freaking sweet. So in my in my honest opinion. But then again, I am I'm a huge like science fiction fantasy junkie. I mean, I just reread and had to purchase every single book separately because in the ebook st store they do not sell the Great Book of Amber together. You have to buy them book by book, yeah. but I read all 10 books again. It was nice. a great experience as it always is. Um Yeah. I just finished what book did I actually just finished. Uh I have to look at my order list. Have you have you really good. gone ebook? Are you still only in the physical? Oh no, I still killed trees. And I'm proud of it. My wife has finally thrown in the towel and has gone to ebooks. Zealus is lost. He does not know what books he reads anymore. It has. I don't. It's I don't know what I order these stupid books, and I don't know the author's name. Um, I mean, I'm reading a. I've I'm like, re, I'm reading. There we go. What's, what we got? It's it's a series called The Faithful and the Fallen by John Gwynn. Does that name sound familiar? Or Gwynn. Um, I just finished the second book. Um, it's it's mm -hmm. definitely dark fantasy. Like, it's not gonna make you happy. Um. I mean, it makes you happy, and that's very well written with good characters, and it's interesting. That part's good. But the story um, subject, the, the story matter. Yeah, it, it's it's dark. Um, it's basically there's like the avatar of good ah. and the avatar of evil, and they must find their allies and fight each other. But I literally don't want to say any more than that because I'll start giving Keep away plot like plot like spoilers. Um, but if you like kind of the darker stuff, like a Glenn Hook type of like dark, gritty, or um oh, what's the other one? Um Joe Abercami. If you like those type of books, like Joe Abercami, those type, like you'll really like this. It's very much the same style of um lots of fights, people die your favorite characters, not quite as bad as George R. R. Martin, but some of your characters may not be there when no. you wake up to the next page. Um, I know. Um, but no, it's good. It, they're, they're well done. The second book is better than the first one. I'd say that. Um, and part of it, I think for this series is like, there's a lot of buildup, like, cause they're building up to a great big war, people, mm -hmm. you know, fighting and stuff. So the first book was yeah. definitely more of a buildup. And the second one's still building up. Like each book really is going to be building up yeah, for the next yeah. one. Um, 
But yeah, if you like those type of books, that's definitely a Also, I do want to point out there that the uh, Quincy Harker series was almost a TV show, but it fell through at the last minute. I have such mixed feelings about TV shows and books because so often the TV series has absolutely nothing to do with the damn book. And on top of that, regardless of how much it has to do with the book, is at some point it diverges. And then, and this is movies too, it's not just books. And then, like, especially like fantasy five size series outside of like mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, um, they just typically don't do justice at all to the original source material. Um, like, I know, like, one of the books, like, one of the authors I love is um, mm-hmm. Sarah J. Moss. Very popular books, uh, thrown of blah, blah, blah. At some point, it's getting made in a TV series. I'm afraid it's going to be something like um, yeah. City of Bone or any of those where it's just they get not great actors, the story diverges, and ends up getting picked up on like CW14. And after like two seasons, it just stops happening. So that's where everyone's like, hey, it's going to be into a TV series. Or you got all these ones on Netflix, like Paint Week Saga and. There's other ones like kind of these young adult styles where they got me in TV series. For the most part, they actually weren't bad, but they just don't have the following that you need to have to justify season after season. I yeah, think yeah. is what ends up happening. Um, or you look at what happens like the Diversion series where the movies just became terrible. <laughs> first one's good. First Diversion series is I thought was actually really good, and then it just. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll throw that. a move or I'll throw a book series in that was amazing, but it was but they made one movie and it killed it. That's the uh, Mortal Engines series. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is a super common theme of all these great sci-fi fantasy series they try making, uh, and outside of something like Lord of the Rings, and I would argue, I know some will argue against it, but even Harry Potter remain pretty true to the original source material. I know there's divergence, obviously, but for the most part, they really did stick to the original source material. And guess what? Uh, they actually did well. Um, but then, like, when you totally, like, a great example is actually the Sword of Sharnara. It had fuck all to do with the actual books. Like, nothing. Did, wasn't it on MTV? <laughs> um, it, yes. It, I actually really enjoyed it. It's probably oh, I because the, the story actually um, moved. It wasn't Terry Brooks describing a fucking table for 10 pages. That's a very fair point. Um, and then Wizard's First Rule is another one. Same exact thing. Uh, that was supposed to, that was Terry Goodkind. It was supposed to follow the series. It kind of did. It had like the same character names, and that's really about it. But again, they didn't follow the plot at all. So it's like this idea of like, you're going to take this great idea that authors have that people enjoy. Why are you going to go and screw up the story so much that it looks nothing like the original source material? Like people like the story for a reason, but, but we got to make the it story. appealing to the mass audience. <laughs> I know. It already was. That's why you're That's making it into a show think... or a movie. It's because it was popular. So yes. why, why are you changing you. it? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's oh, it pisses me off so much. Um, yeah, like it never makes it for the better. That's the problem. Like 
outside of, again, I understand small changes have to be made to make it into a cinema. I get that. But outside of those changes that need to be made, like don't change the entire damn yep. story. Um, it would be like if they took Harry Potter and all of a sudden instead of Frodo going to Mount Doom, it's like, oh, Legolas is joining you to go to Mount Doom. And, oh, by the way, um, it's no longer going to be King Aragorn. It's now going to be Queen, whatever the elf chick is. Like, she's actually going to be the leader of mankind going forward because it's going to appeal to more people because it's Liv Taylor and people know her because she's a popular actress. So we want to appeal to the masses in that way. That's that's, that's too dark and and has a bad connotation. So uh, it's now going to be leprechauns. What about robots? Mm, um, alien hybrids. We got to. We... Oh, no, they're actually fighting aliens. Like it's actually from like the aliens movie. It's like they're the ones who are actually the orcs, is they're, what we they're, find they're out. Prometheans. Yes. And all of a sudden, like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> makes a cameo. Get on the chopper. What? <laughs> it. But the sad thing is, as much as we joke about it, like that's literally what they're doing to like oh, God, most yeah. of this young adult stuff that they're translating from the book to the movies is they're doing exactly these weird things they joke about, and then you see it, and you're like, what did they do? Yeah. Anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, yeah. I think that Zelius and I could continue to go on tangents all night, but um, uh, let's let's just call it a night. And if you have, once again, if you have any questions or topics that you want to for us to talk about in the next show, just drop it uh, on in the comments of where the video is going to reside, or you can go to our Discord page, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, all those social media platforms that I'm blanking out on. But anyways, ladies, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Ultimate Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zealy, it's been a pleasure getting ready to come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultimate Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. And remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world.